You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. <laughs> How's it going? You, you were like laughing right out the beginning. Yeah. Was something funny to you? <laughs> Are you uh, thinking about something humorous? So as you've, as you've mentioned several times about our recording experience, and how Zach will sometimes seed uh, some humor. Oh, yes. It's just for us. Just for us. Just to get us going. He has muted the intro music, which, I, I, you know, that's just a sound thing. I don't know. But I found it humorous because we stopped hearing it, but I can still hear it, like, distantly through three doors. Like, I know it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what do I do? Um, so that's, uh, I don't know, it just tickled me. That just tickled you? Tickled your funny bone? I guess so. You know what's funny to me about the funny bone? Is that there's nothing funny about not it. Like, a dang thing. When I hit my funny bone, I'm not laughing. No, and I do not feel tickled. Everyone else is. I, <laughs> everyone like a, else is. A very you're all cruel a and mean, mean. A mean person decided, it shall be called the funny bone. <laughs> That's, oh, it makes my arm tingle. It's and, horrific. Yeah. It's, it's like, will I ever use my arm again? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a part of me that's like, oh, that's it. Guess I didn't need that arm anyway. <laughs> I'll be a cripple now. Lame. Uh, you wouldn't be a cripple if you couldn't, right? No. I don't know that would how be an inappropriate. people apply the term. You would be lamed. Maybe lamed? I don't know. You'd be disarmed. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, shoot. Well, well, on to another thing, mm. a completely unrelated thing. Today we're covering the Tenth Commandment, the final word. This will be the final word in the story of Skywalker. Is that is that the different? Is that different? <laughs> That's a very very different story. I practiced that for a whole four minutes. But I appreciate the reference to Star Wars. Yeah, I will always yeah. take that. Okay, every time. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, this is this is the end of the Decalogue. That's wild. That's a great word. It is, Decalogue. Ten words. Because of the ten words that was originally. That's what it yeah. means? It means yeah. that... Ten words. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Decalogue. I'm like 90% so, sure of that. Decalogue, Logos. Yeah, not, ten not, words. Like not literal words. No, like, yeah. These like, are the ten things. Yeah, like when you say like ten words, like we say the word of God. Yeah. Like it's not like a like one like literal word. Yeah. It's like a collection of words. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's got this kind of, this heft to it. But in English, we call it the Ten Commandments, so here we are. <laughs> we started this four months ago. Can you believe that? I was just four looking months. at the files, yeah, four That's months ago. wild. That is. It was a different world back then, in elder days. Yeah, yeah, Long forgotten. <laughs> do, 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 do. That was Lord of the Rings music. Yeah. I just couldn't tell. We're mixing fandom right now. Little stories I'm here, here for it. Lord of the Rings and mm. Star Wars. Good, that is what we heard Good about. places to be. <laughs> so at any rate... Here is the final commandment of the Ten Commandments. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Exodus 2017. Normally, here's where I ask, is that it? Is that all? There's nothing else? <laughs> and um, I'm not going to ask that because we literally lead with all of these other things. Yes, all the other things. Just to make sure you were clear. Yeah. Here's what I mean when I say you shall not covet. Anything that belongs to your neighbor. <laughs> exactly. Now, but isn't it interesting that the final commandment would be, like, this one? Why is that? Maybe this is just me. <laughs> okay. Because for some reason, I personally almost expect something more grandiose, something more akin to, like, the first commandment. Yeah. You shall have no other gods before me. But instead we get, you shall not covet, and that's it. <laughs> 
like, oh, that's that's what you're ending on? Yeah. But I think we'll see why this command actually does serve as a perfect bookend to the 10 as we go along here. It's quite fitting, I think, actually. Well, so in my pre-discussion ignorance, <laughs> I find it odd that this commandment has all of these specifics. Mm, like, yeah. and, and then it just sums it up concisely at the end. Like, I feel like we usually have something that seems simply put, but then has a multitude of ramifications. Yeah, yeah, that is, that this is, is true. This is confusing in an arena, like in an inverse way. <laughs> Why is it this way now? Yeah. Well, let's start with the big question of this command first, which is what exactly is coveting, right? Well, the short answer, because that's what we're here for, (laughs) the short answer uh, is actually, it's simply to desire something. That's what coveting is. It's simply to desire something. In fact, the same word that we here translate in English covet is elsewhere in the scriptures translated desire. That's how it's literally translated in other parts. Okay. So the question you ask then is, you know, is God saying that desire is itself forbidden? Surely not. Yeah, no, definitely not. Okay. Which is why he actually includes those specific oh. things there. Because you could just say, you shall not covet, which would translate, you shall not, not desire. desire. Which is That's like, a different religion. Yeah, that is exactly, yes, a different <laughs> religion entirely. So these are, these are to give it specific context that they would have understood clearly. Right, exactly. I mean, desire is actually commendable once for the right things, sure. right? I mean, that scripture is pretty clear on that. In fact, in Psalm 68, 16, we read that God coveted slash desired Mount Zion for himself, right? It's like, wow, well, God's desiring something. So that's like, it must not be inherently <laughs> exactly evil. So God desires. Now, of course, let me add the qualifier that his desires are obviously not of the same category as ours because he is God. He is not different degree. He is different in kind, as the old theologians would say. But God desires, we desire, and so desire itself is not a bad thing, just making that clear. That's why the commandment is laid out like it is. Coveting or desiring here is attached to forbidden things, as in specifically things that belong to other people. So your neighbor's wife right? That's adultery or their servant, their animals, their property, that's stealing. Uh, You know, you go down the lines, like you cannot desire things that are not rightfully and lawfully yours or that you cannot rightfully and lawfully attain. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now here's the question I think this really leads to. Why in the world would God aim a commandment directly at something so internal, right? Like you don't have a a covetous aura about you. Yeah. This is like not even, this is not act-based in any way. No. Right? It's all about what your heart and like every longing for. Oh, wait. So everything else has a component of acting on it. Yes. An external, like you can see it. An expression. Yes. Yes. So I find that very interesting. And I think the reason, one of them, I'm not going to say it's the reason, but one of the reasons that God does aim this commandment at something so internal and in seemingly invisible is because what we desire affects the kind of people we become and the kind of societies we create, right? Like if a man says that he wants to be a just ruler, as an example, like he wants to fill a, a, a role, like a, a civil magistrate kind of a role, right? And he says he wants to be just and he campaigns on that. But deep down, what he actually desires and wants is money, and tons of property and land, then his heart will act as a fountainhead that will actually lead him to most likely leverage his authority to get what he wants, what he really wants. He'll take bribes, work the books to take property, and 
So on, right? Or his wife will kill someone for the family vineyard. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a great example. We talked about that in the last episode on the Ninth Commandment. Ahab was a perfect example of that. Like, he wanted something that was not his, and it yeah. led to some terrible, oh gosh, terrible acts of sin. So, what you want deep down matters, right? That That's not indifferent. Like, you can't look and say, well, I'm acting externally, you know, in the right way, but deep down what I actually want is wrong. It doesn't, like, it doesn't matter where my heart is. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's, uh, who cares? Now, of course, I can't stop a spontaneous thought like, oh man, I love Ethan's hat. I wish I had that hat, right? Like if I see that hat and I have that thought like, and it happens spontaneously, I mean, you can't control that, right? <laughs> The question is, is will I dwell on that desire? Uh, will I feed it and nurture it and let it grow into green flowering envy? Because if I do that, that's going to destroy me, right? Okay, so something that that brings to mind, you mentioned how this kind of has a cross-section with society. Right. Something I've always found peculiar about this is that in, in the modern day, if I see something I want, I can usually go get a copy of that for myself. Right, like, yeah. Like, you can get this hat for like 30 euro right now. 30 euro, oddly yeah. specific European currency because it's a European hat. Exactly. <laughs> it's not, not even lying. <laughs> but like the intangible, like positions and, and prestige and love, these can become something we're very fierce over. Yeah. And they're not viable commodities. Right. Um, well, uh, traditionally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think, you know, suddenly this commandment is, you know, it can hit a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. And you do bring up a good point. Like, I can lawfully and rightfully, like, I can say that, and I'm like, oh, I want that hat. And then I can actually rightfully channel that desire, yeah. and I can I it's not like, buy one. I want that specific hat that he's Yeah, like, I'm going to chop your head off so I can take <laughs> that specific hat, right? Now, and that, but then you also do get into, like, do I want that hat because, oh, it's a, you know, like it's a cool hat and I think it looks good. Or do I want that hat because I envy, like you were saying, I envy Ethan's like social position in this circle and I kind of want to move in on that. And so I'm going to start, Oh, you know what I mean? Like they, all that say is like, yeah, it does hit closer to home, I think, because you really start getting into intangibles here. Yeah. That, um... The point is, like, you just you need to check why you want it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. this goes to the motivation. Yes. Why do you want something? And at the level of heart desires, which is what we're talking about, like, why you want things, why you desire things, the primary problem is the heart itself, right? Which is why God had to say in his word, I will give you a new heart, right? Like, you need a brand new heart in order to really have new desires, which is exactly what... God does when you put your faith in Jesus. He gives you a new heart, you become a new creation, and the desires shift fundamentally. Again, not perfectly, but fundamentally. We begin to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else is added to us. And so, again, like what you were saying, I mean, it really comes down to the motivation. Why do you want this thing? Like, if I looked at your hat and I thought, man, I really want that hat, do I want it because, like, I just like it and, you know, it'd be cool to have? Or do I want it because there's something about Ethan that (laughs) he has and I want to take it from him and I want to be in that position, right? I want to kind of move him out. (laughs) (laughs) Boom! Uh, The ironic thing about this is we've had a very similar discussion on the air about a hat that you have. Oh, yes. You have a Gordon Brothers hat with a, like, a... Like a, a wool plaid underbill. Mm-hmm. They've never sold it again. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it. Like, you can't lawfully and rightfully have that, so I'm going to take it. Uh, it's my, this is my hat now. It's totally my hat. little hot rod uh. reference for those of you who've watched the film Hot Rod. <laughs> but here's why I think this commandment is actually a perfect bookend to the Ten Commandments, as if God needed me to tell him how to arrange them. Thanks, you know? anyway. Yeah, that's it. 
But as you kind of alluded to earlier, with commandments two through nine, you can identify their violations pretty easily with the naked eye and ear. Right? I even think there are ways you can perceive the first. Yeah. The way it, I mean, it's, it is less clear. Right. Totally fair. But there is still like a sense of outpouring there as well mm-hmm. uh, in, in what you do and how you conduct yourself. Yeah, exactly. So like you look at the commandments two through nine, right? You can see if someone's got their image right there. Like, oh, like they're treating that weird, you know, like bowing down to <laughs> that statue or whatever. Uh, you can hear people take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, you could witness Sabbath breaking, parent dishonoring, murder, adultery, theft, false witness, if you know the truth, all those things, right? Like those are all external things. And they are external outpourings, like you said, of missing the first and 10th commandment, really, when you think about it, right? And the first commandment is aimed at God, and the 10th is aimed at primarily it's it's a horizontal yeah these are classic terms yes uses classic terms horizontal and vertical but yeah so like with the first commandment you shall have no other gods before me that does kind of start to instance itself if like oh if you have images or you're taking the lord's name in vain or you're sabbath breaking and then obviously you know we just covered the tenth commandment what it looks like when you start you know like if you're if you're out here committing adultery you clearly desired someone else's wife or husband, right? But here's the thing about these two commands, the first and the 10th. You could be all neat and buttoned up and tidy. Never bow down to an image, never break the Sabbath, never take the Lord's name in vain, never murder, steal, commit adultery, all those things, right? You could be perfectly buttoned up, neat and tidy. And without anyone else realizing it, you could be violating the first and 10th commandment. That's true. In your heart because of what you actually desire, And inside, your heart could actually be a den of bones, wretched with the stench of sin, because deep in your heart, you're actually worshiping other gods, and you're desiring that which is not yours. And, you know, I mean, that's possible. People could get a whiff of that. Like, they look at you and say, like, like something is just off. But, like, they wouldn't have anything to really, I mean, factually base that on, because you're neat and buttoned up and exactly. tidy. You have the whole facade. Right, which is exactly the problem with the Pharisees. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's amazing because what Jesus said was, <laughs> your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. He says that on the Sermon on the Mount. Your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees, right? Because here's the thing. When he says that, you hear that and that's, you think that's kind of an implication. Like, golly, like, what does that mean? The Pharisees were buttoned up. They kept the law. They did. Yeah. Like, Jesus said, do what the Pharisees tell you, right? <laughs> they they were buttoned up and neat and tidy, but inside they were filled with covetousness. And what they really wanted was not the commendation that comes from God. They wanted the commendation that comes from men. So yeah. their God wasn't God. It was the praise of, exactly. of men. So I think it's very brilliant of God, <laughs> as if he wasn't brilliant, <laughs> but like that he would bookend the Ten Commandments with these two that are so heart level that do oftentimes very easily manifest between commandments two and nine, but like it comes back to this need that you need a new heart fundamentally, that God needs to make you a new creation. And the inner man, as the author of scriptures might say it, the inner man or woman needs to be fundamentally changed. And God does that by giving us a new heart when we put our faith in Jesus and then continuing to form us into the image of his son, as we worship him and as we continue to give our hearts to him. And that's it. You know, our desires affect what we worship and what we worship continues to affect our desires. They're kind of linked and that's it. Yeah, a lot of overlap. You can't really divorce the two. This is just a really side note throwaway, but I'll I'll talk to people a fair number of times who they kind of, and and I think 
it's just based on some misunderstandings that, you know, the American church has probably done a fair amount to propagate, but they'll say things like, it's like, I just don't, I haven't felt like uh, praying or reading or, you know, I'm doing these, these things, which is like, I mean, I feel that way, sure, you know, that, sure. hap- that happens it's and it's natural. Human. And then it's like, and because I don't feel it, I'm not doing it. And it's like, well, the reality is, is both of those influence the other. It's like, I sing songs of praise, for instance, when I do feel grateful in my heart to God. Like, of course, that spills over into singing praise. But then when I'm not maybe feeling so grateful in a moment, singing songs of praise can help me feel grateful. It, it can, can bring kind of reorient. Yeah. So like all that is to say is they're they're kind of linked. Like, and you don't want to let one or the other say, like, well, I'm not going to worship God until I feel like it. Like that's just kind of, you know, they're both linked. That's my point. And that's why I think it's brilliant that the first and tenth are yeah. All that fun stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Not so, something I ever would have noticed. Yeah. And I truthfully, I had never thought about it until we were <laughs> doing this series. And I was like looking at them more closely. And it's like, oh, what is the relationship between these? And oh, wow. That's cool. How about that? So anyway, that's it. Wow. That is The it. Ten Commandments. Wow. We have, we've done it. All of, all mysteries solved. No more questions. Right? <laughs> 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 we have just broken the Ninth Commandment in a roundabout way. I mean, no. Very I don't technically have any <laughs> questions right now. I will. I, I will. Yeah, later and later, we'll be like, wait a minute, hold on. What? <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us for this series. We hope it was helpful and enlightening and encouraging and deepened your faith and all of those lovely things. And you know, if you do have any questions. As always, you can shoot them to podcast at horizonschurch.net. Yes. You can interact with us on social media. And if you were helped and you liked this, you can leave us an honest five-star review. Yeah, please do. Yeah. I would love it. We would. It that would be, would be nice. Yeah, just just really just make us feel good. Yes. That's all. Yeah. It's no harm. <laughs> no harm. No harm, no foul. All good here. We could all use a little more encouragement. We in our could. Lives. I think. Yes, <laughs> I think so. Well, thank you as always for listening, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.